Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a post-holiday edition of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, the holidays have passed us. It's January 2nd, and despite us coming on here and saying, we're probably going to put an episode out before New Year's, that did not happen, and we just decided just to leave it, and we're going to have a nice, fun time. Miles, how, how was your holidays? Uh, happy New Year's, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you want to say. Uh, mine was very good. That's probably probably why we had the the lapse in episodes here. Just having um, having a couple, yeah, absolutely, a couple beverages, couple meals, couple good conversations. Um, normalize having a couple as meaning what <laughs> as being just a barometer of opportunity. You know, having a couple with some pals and some some friends and some family everything it's it's just the best and um so i'm i'm really excited about that miles um before we move on there's a segment that you had brought up uh a little while ago and uh we haven't gone back to it in a while mm-hmm. and uh it was called arrows and omissions mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um miles i i made a very big error in the last episode I was going to, that's part so, of the reason, part of the reason why we haven't had an errors and omissions is because nobody's called us out on bullshit. So, so I called myself out on some bullshit. Okay. Um, last episode, we were discussing the Boston Bruins rookie, uh, Matthew, I called him Poitras because mm-hmm. I knew people with the last name that was spelt like that. And I, it was pronounced Poitras. I've been informed by uh, multiple viewings of the Boston Bruins, as well as viewings of Team Canada, that it is actually Patra. Patra, okay. Or Poitra. I, I don't know, but it's not Poitras. Yeah. So in that being said, Miles, because I've made such a grave omission, and because I was so sure of myself, um, I, uh, I'm going to be eating an L today. Um, uh, as you can see by my beautiful design here, I have made an L shaped pancake. Yes. Um, so I will be eating this fat fucking L live (laughs) on the air for you because I made such an egregious omission or error. So I apologize to everybody. I apologize to fans of the Bruins. I apologize to fans of team Canada. Um, I apologize to the Patra family we're we're gonna go with that if it's wrong then it's wrong we're gonna blame Jack Edwards for that but this is what I know 
And all I know is I deserve to eat this big fat fucking L because I made such a grave error. So uh, I apologize to everybody. Uh, you, got, on the you, air. Got, you got some syrup on that goopy boy or what? Do I ever? Oh, yeah. So I'm just going to... Wait, gonna, show me the label for a second. Do, do just, I get to cancel you too? Uh, it's... Uh, well, see, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> compliments flavored. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. It's yeah. compliments butter flavored because I'm not a big original table syrup guy. You got to give me some butter in my flavoring. I... I um sure i mean i'll give it to you you can have it i'm a i'm a regular i see him cutting it up here i can see his little shoulders moving just dicing up some <laughs> little dicing up and out buddy i've been hitting the gym thank you very much i feel L- very proud of myself little does not mean size little means it, like i describe mm. everything as little like i would describe uh i would describe eagles defensive lineman jordan davis as little oh thank you oh so it's like an ironic little like just anything can be little, right? Like, oh, you're, you're. I don't know. I call, I call everybody little. Everybody's just a little guy. It comes from a TikTok of a small dog, like a pug that was wearing a Halloween costume. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna filibuster here while while Nolan continues the, to. The to friends, mouth. the friends in the radio industry are gonna love this bit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's this TikTok of this little little pug or whatever, and it's this lady, and she's like, "Dog should not sleep on the bed," and then it. Uh, stitches to a guy going counter argument have you ever thought of the fact that mine is just a little guy he's he's a little he's a little bug and i love him this is a picture of him in a halloween costume to further (laughs) prove your point wrong that is and it's just pictures of his dog so ever since then everything's been just a little guy or just just little there you go whole l is eating uh and it's funny that you bring up um, sweetness and sugar, Nolan, because uh, the holidays yes. have come and gone. And an important part of the holidays is baking. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if I've said it on the show before or not. Not a massive sweets guy. So I'm kind of in the same boat. I would like, I will pick apart a chip, chip bowl. Yes. Uh, just like the Eagles defense gets picked apart. <sighs> but uh, the sweets for a large portion of it, I will usually glance over but during christmas there's always that one or two thing that even if you're not a sweets person you uh you can't bypass it even if you want to and i'm I'm curious nolan what your goat and what your woat uh christmas baking items would be so here's the thing is i i when i think of holiday baking i just kind of think of like sugar cookies more than anything um Unless you're factoring in like an apple pie or if you're like in, you know, incorporating like butter tarts or something like that into it. Here's the, here's the beauty of holiday baking goats. It can goats be whatever no I want. It can be whatever you want. Oh, damn it. Um, oh, why don't you go first oyster. while I get this, while I figure this out? Fair enough. Um, so I'm going to start with woat. Um, anything with candy cane. Okay. Candy cane is trash. Yeah, candy canes are trash, and I don't know what chokehold or or what uh, dirt the candy cane industry had on Santa Claus and how they became synonymous with the holiday. But they're uh, as bad as uh, candy corn for Thanksgiving and for Halloween. Mm, so yes. get uh, get the funk out of my face. Now, are canes. you are you out on mint chocolate as well? I like mint chocolate. Mint okay. chocolate's fine, but mint yes. chocolate is not my goat. My goat is raisin butter tarts, specifically with the raisins. Gotta have it. Need it. So, here's the thing. 
controversial take. I don't like butter tarts. The, that's not even a controversial take. That's just a wrong take. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry to, to be the one to tell you that. Sorry. I'll go make myself another pancake then. <laughs> Errors um, and omissions. Anyone who doesn't <laughs> like butter tarts. Um, I, I'm a pretty simple guy, man. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you where I don't really have a, I don't have like a, I'm not like a big sweets guy. So for me, like, uh, I enjoy like, like Taylor made these things for Christmas this year. I can't remember what the hell they were called. Um, I feel like if I were to text her and ask her what they were called, um, but she put, she like, um, she made a bunch of like, uh, um, they were, it's like crushed up graham crackers and stuff. And then it was made with, um, uh, condensed milk and all that. And there's a bunch of chocolate and shit on it. It was really good. Um, I would also say like, I do, I, I'm not a big sugar cookie guy, but if you were to put like a nice icing on that sugar cookie, then I'm, I'm all the way in. Um, so I would actually say that my favorite though, um, I don't know, probably, probably like, probably like a, like a Christmas cupcake. Is that is that a is that a good one? Is that is that fine? I don't even know what that is. Just like a cupcake that has like red and green icing on it or whatever. Oh, like okay. So just like a standard just like a standard issue cupcake? <laughs> yeah, just with uh with some <laughs> with a fancy cupcake uh condom on it. I don't know what let they're me, called. Let me find out what it was that Taylor made. Uh what well, are the as soon as you, you made? <laughs> as soon as you introduce uh graham crackers and condensed milk to the party. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard to find anything that is going to uh, compete with that. You know that's that's just a, a recipe for success right there. Yeah. Speaking of recipes for success, Nolan. Oh, segue. Your your Edmonton Oilers have been cooking, and part of the reason why uh, we wanted to wait a little bit was just because I mean the gravy train was rolling, the boys were busy, and it didn't seem like there was ever a nice point to stop. Uh, but it, we we finally got one served here with the uh, end of 2023. So it's one of the beauty things about the one for one podcast is the recapping of the games and. We're going to be going all the way back to December 19th against the Islanders. So you'll get the last bit of Depressi, and then you get a nice little win streak run through from, from the bad boys of Oilers podcasting. Once we get through that, we're going to move into some Edmonton Oilers discussion overall. And once that's done, we have a host of NHL things to discuss. Um, lots of news around the league. Winter Classic came came and went. Uh, in Seattle there and just a few other things that have kind of been happening over the holidays here a little bit of world juniors talk uh, and finally wrapping things up with the PWHL inaugural uh, game so we've got lots to get through why why put it off any further Nolan why don't you get us rocking why don't you get us rolling like uh, as as per mentioned from December 19th against the New York Islanders would you would you mind taking us back I get us started with the worst time of my life. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, dude, Island... if, that's the, if that's the worst time of your life, congrats. <laughs> Thank you. I've been thriving. Um, yeah. I mean, not really the worst time of my life, but, uh, you know, not a great not a great mindset I was in at, at this point. Uh, this was a depressing spaghetti. This was not fun uh, because the Staten Island garbage men came to play uh, in a 3-1 loss versus the New York Islanders. Uh, two losses to end the homestand is less than ideal. So here's hoping that the Oilers can get a much needed win to start a long road trip. Where better to kick things off than the USB arena in Long Island? 
Skinner versus Sorokin. Let's get down to business. Little Leon Dreisaitl, our crown prince, opens the game scoring. One minute and 23 seconds into the game. Fogel and Eckholm get the assist. Oh, mama. First period wraps up. one nothing for the Oilers with the shots 9-7 in favor of the Islanders. Only one penalty taken in the period, and it was by the Islanders, but the Oilers could not capitalize on the power play. Second period, however, was the definition of fuck around and find out as the Oilers took two penalties that the Islanders were able to capitalize on, turning both into goals. Anders Lee and Bo Horvat get the goals to give the Islanders the 2-1 lead. So when the Oilers get a power play with roughly six minutes left in the period, you're like, oh yeah, right. Some good karma to come our way until Simon Holmstrom or Simone. I don't know. Some people are adding a little bit. Shut up. Uh, uh, you know, people are adding a little bit of accent on here, but uh, Simone Holmstrom jumps a pass and takes it the length of the ice and gets the shorthanded goal. 3-1 Islanders. Sorry, my Siri went off while I was doing that. Uh, Third period saw the Oilers throw 15 shots at Sorokin to the Islanders, three on Skinner, but neither team were uh, were able to score. And this game wrapped up 3-1. Shots finished 31-21 for the Oilers, but Sorokin's 30-for-31 was simply too, too good. Oilers went 0-4 on the... It's simply too good. I've got to find a way to make money off this. Oilers went 0 for 4 on the power play and 2 for 4 on the penalty kill. RT, if you cry every time, I was so sad. Was this like what a three game winning or loss or three game yep. losing streak? Yeah, three I mean after streak. after eight games of a winning streak, that was fun. But um, yeah, it was just 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 I was just so sad. I mean, well, you're coming off those two stinkers against the Florida teams at home, and then you're kicking off this big long road trip, and you get the Islanders, and you're yeah. like, oh, we you know got to get this win uh, because <laughs> next up you're staring down the barrel of Jersey, meh, and the Rangers. Eh. So this Islanders win is or this Islanders game is is one that you really really hope they take. So losing that uh, definitely puts them behind the eight ball. But uh, what 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 better gift could the universe give us than? Uh, a game in New Jersey, Nolan, where Kevin Jonas was taking this game in his second of the season. New super fan, perhaps in a game that I've titled. We're from New Jersey. Of course, we kiss our brothers on the lips. Six, three <laughs> win versus the New Jersey Devils. So Luke and Jack Hughes are in the lineup for this one tonight. <laughs> Quinn Hughes, the third brother of the Hugheses, who I'm not sure if you knew they were all related or not, was not playing because his team, the Vancouver Canucks, we're playing the Stars of Dallas on the West Coast. So only the two Hughes brothers um, were there and one of the Jonas brothers because the other two Jonas brothers weren't there. So a lot of brother action going on here. Uh, Calvin Pickard's getting the start for, for the Oilers. So um, Luke and Jack, no Quinn. Kevin, no Nick and Joe. Got it? And, and Calvin. And Calvin. Not, Calvin's not in Chet. there, but not, not Chet. Chet. Yeah, not Chet. I feel like we might be missing a set of brothers, but I think we'll figure that out as as the game goes on. Um, but we're from New Jersey. Of course, we don't pump our own gas. Oh, here, let me get that for you. One little Ryan McLeod says as he grabs hold of the gas handle and sprays it everywhere 24 seconds into the game, opening things up on the road. Assist to Sam Gagne. Talk about a start. Let's go, boys. Four minutes later, the baby-faced assassin, Nyan Rugent, Hopskins gets his eighth of the year, courtesy of McDavid and Ekholm to rip Oilers. <laughs> Dawson Mercer would get the oil, the Devils back into this one, beating Cal Pickard. Uh, th- this opposing goal gets a little more attention because of the assist that went to Ryan McLeod's brother, Michael. 
So shout out to the elder McLeod. Cannot imagine how electric it is to share the sheet with your brother because I don't have a brother and because I'm ass at hockey. But now in this game, Nolan, this is our, our fourth brother connection. We've got the Jonases, we've got the Pickards, we've got the Hugheses, <laughs> and now we have the McLeods. Just when you could thought it couldn't get any better, it does. What a what a what a way what a, what a world. The Oilers come out to start the second period and apparently had they, they had their skate guards on in the first. Or sorry, let's start that again. The Oilers come out to start the second period and apparently they had their skate guards on because Jonas single fire Siegenthaler Siegenthaler scores a minute thirty nine into the period and then Timo Meyer scores near the end of the period on what was once a 2-1 Oilers lead. It is now a 3-2 deficit hitting into the final 20 minutes. Gut check time. Connor McDavid from Ekholm and Nuge at a minute 40, 3-3. Leon Dreisaitl unassisted at 2 minutes and 22 seconds, 4-3. Adam Ernie gets his first of the campaign, assist to Sam Gagne at 2:49, 5 5-3 Oilers. That's three goals in the third period in approximately 69 seconds. So sick. So sick that the Oilers um, were able to claw back and to claw back at such an impressive rate in such a mesmerizing time period. Ryan McLeod, brother of Michael McLeod. Mike plays on the Devils. Ryan plays on the Oilers, obviously. Um, So they're both playing in this game. Ryan and Mike McLeod sharing the sheet, both of the point in this game. Ryan has one for the Oilers, a goal, and Mike has one for the Devils, an assist. But now Ryan, the McLeod on the Oilers, decides that one point is not enough and pots his second of the night, six through Oilers, good night jersey. Oilers outshot the Devils 38-26. to They went 0-2 on the power play and a rare 0-for-0 on the PK. A clean game from the oil in the eyes of the officials. Special shout-out to newly crowned devil killer and all-around good guy Calvin Pickard on picking up his second win of the season against the New Jersey Devils. Now let's pack up and let's get the fuck out of New Jersey. So since he's a devil killer, does that make Calvin Pickard Jesus Christ? Um, I don't know if I would, you know, um, as a Catholic, <laughs> I don't know if I would say that. I think we can say that he's like an archangel, right? That sounds good. Yeah, we'll give him angel status, but we we won't put him on the level of of the birthday boy. Of the big man. <laughs> Especially not during the holiday season. <laughs> like, we, like my, uh, my, my priest is screaming right now <laughs> well he's gonna be screaming when he realizes what this oh, game is no. called <laughs> come back <laughs> and it's spelled c-u-m righteous <laughs> the 4-3 win over the new york rangers uh this game feels like it happened a literal year ago not a joke it just feels so incredibly far away Allow me to refresh your memory. Oilers rolling into MSG to play one of the league's best in the New York Rangers. Oilers went with Pickard the night before, so he gets arrested. Skinner plays. Rangers encounter Rangers counter with Jonathan Quick. Savage. Uh, Oilers aren't scary enough to get Igor, or is Quick scarier? Nine and record. Nine zero and zero record coming into this one. Wait, he's nine zero and zero against the Oilers. No, at this point in the season, his record was nine zero and zero. Jonathan really? Quick and Jonathan Quick was undefeated coming into this game. I had no idea. Yeah, wow. dude. So like that's what I'm saying. I'm like, oh, the Oilers aren't good enough. Because again, when they played them in Edmonton, they got Johnny Quick. 
Yeah. So the Rangers are taking the Oilers as a second class citizen, thinking that, you know, they don't need to play their play their stud against us. Even though Shiesty struggled a little bit this year, uh, you still feel like you're kind of getting a prick job when when they don't play their, you know, Vesna winning goaltender against you. And instead they play their retirement home goaltender, Jonathan Quick. Uh, <laughs> the teams, however, would trade chances. Not really. The Rangers were buzzing in the first. An all-time enemy of one-for-one, one, Blake Wheeler scores his fifth of the season to open the scoring. one nothing Rangers. The pass from Mika Zibanejad on this play like truly disgusting stuff. I don't know if you remember, but it was like that that kind of like one touch pass he had where he barely touched the puck and just kind of like played it back to Blake Wheeler who was like wide open in the slot. Dude, Zibanejad's um, such a cool guy. Being he's, like a Swedish DJ. He's a, a Swedish DJ. He plays in the NHL. He's really good at soccer. He speaks like four languages and he's never had his hair cut. And he's Swedish. And he plays in the New York market. Dude, cool guy. Um, But yeah, I hate him. Like, he's good at hockey. Yeah, really good at hockey. Um, Would love if he was an Edmonton Oiler as well. Um, However, shots finish 8-7 for New York heading into the room. Second period felt very hopeless until the 18-minute mark where the Oilers got a power play and sustained pressure for probably a minute 50 of the time with the man advantage. For the first time in the game, it felt like they had life, but they just couldn't solve Johnny Quick heading into third down one nothing, and uh, and Johnny Quick has stopped all eighteen Oilers shots thrown at him. But these Edmonton Oilers had a different plan. Third period gets underway, and the constant Oilers attack finally breaks through as children's author, aka Roof Daddy, scores a beautiful backhand. By the way, if you didn't know, Zachary Martin Hyman uh, to even things up. Connor McDavid, Matthias Ekholm get the assists. No, 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 no. We are not done yet. Teammate of the year and all-around good guy, Evander Kane gets some help from Mr. Carhart himself, Derek Ryan, and the Oilers have a 2-1 lead. And boy, when it rains, it pours. Because Warren Fogle scores his fifth of the year with some good puck possession and assists from the Cloud and CeCe. 3-1 Oilers and never stop, never stopping. The Cloud scores his fifth apple to the Fogue Daddy Oilers up 4-1. Wow. What? A miracle comeback. Two but, games in a row? Are you kidding me? Who is this team? Well, yeah, that, like this was the most mentally soft team up to this point, and they somehow like have turned a new leaf. What the hell? Just kidding. Mika Zibanejad would score a power play goal with his long hair and smoky stare, 4-2 Oilers. And um, just to ruin the puck line for a lot of people, the Rangers would get another one at the 1959 mark of the third to make it 4-3 on paper. But either way, the Oilers get the two points, and we head to the Christmas break playing some pretty good hockey. Much to be thankful for. Shots finished 34-28 for the Rangers. Oilers went 2 for, or sorry, 0 for 2 on the power play. Killed 2 of 3 penalties, won 59% of the faceoffs. Skinner was wonderful, 31 of 34 for a 9-12 save percentage, and took home the game's first star. Um, this was, I mean, we talk about, like, character building wins, and that's a huge one. And they're about to have a couple others. Um, but that that game was massive, so that was awesome to see and, and just a huge confidence boost going into the break oh for sure and as as mentioned jonathan quick was 9-0-0 going into this game he's now 9-1-0 and Hell whatever yeah. else has happened since but uh feels good feels very very good for the oilers to get that win especially heading into christmas um because that game was on the 23rd they would not play again until december 28th um so good for them to go home have some some downtime with their families um 
you know, eat a little bit of turkey, have a couple whiskeys and uh, do that as a winner is obviously better than uh, lulling on a loss, chewing on that for a few days. So good for the Oilers. And you know what, Nolan, they kept those good times rolling uh, in a game against the Sharks December 28th that we have rightfully titled Skin Daddy. Christmas is over and the Oilers uh, get to eat turkey, do whatever else one does during the holidays and are ready to get back to business. And they were ready to rock in this one uh, as the red hot Ryan McLeod show continues to bring folks from all around. He lights the lamp one minute into the game. Boosh and Hyman get the assists. One nothing Oilers. By the way, Nolan, we've been mentioning his name a few times throughout this. But um, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say Evan Bouchard? Denty daddy. Ice. Um, Icy. Icy cold. So, so something. So, so sick. In regards to what we are when he needs a new contract. Oh, sorry. Thank you, Miles. <laughs> we are so fucked. So, 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 so incredibly fricked. fucked. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but Nolan, the children's author, Zachary Martin Hyman, grabs his pen and writes a story about his 20th goal of the year as he pots one. Nurse and McDavid get the additional writing credits to nothing Oilers. So fucked, Evan Bouchard scores again, his ninth. Eckholm and Connor Brown, who's low-key been buzzing, get the assists for the 3-0 first period lead. One more, Leon Dreisaitl gets his 15th. Fogel and Clowder get the assists. 4-0 Oilers heading into the second. Uh, as the second period gets underway, the Sharks give Magnus Krona the hook after allowing four goals on 12 shots. So... Yes, sir. I was just gonna say, um, did you see the did you see the TikTok that went around of Magnus Krona's girlfriend sharing like she made like a oh my like boyfriend a... my boyfriend's first game in the <laughs> NHL he's about to get lit up <laughs> yeah because she was like we didn't know or I didn't know much about the Edmonton Oilers and who was on their team and uh, yeah it didn't go very well for her. <laughs> tough I, at beat. least at least she's honest yeah but uh, uh, tough beat for Magnus. Call that a little bit of foreshadowing, I guess, yeah. because yeah, he, he gets the hook after allowing four goals on 12 shots. So in comes uh, Capo Kakinen, formerly uh, Chicago Blackhawk. Uh, Minnesota Wild, I think. Is he also on the Blackhawks? I think he was on the Blackhawks. No, I think that's Kevin Lankinen. Yeah, there's a lot of Finnish guys with like Kakinen or Kinen. Kinen is yeah. very, yeah. 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 I'll find it Any- for you. <laughs> Thank you. We'll get uh, we'll get uh, Stack Guy Nolan here on it. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins doesn't give a fuck who's in net. He's going to shoot for the corners, and he gets his ninth of the year. CC and Nerth at the assist. Five nothing Oilers, and that's the way it would stay. Uh, the shots wrapped up in this one, thirty to twenty five for the Oilers, who went zero for one on the power play, but were able to kill all three of the penalties they took. They won a measly forty four percent of the faceoffs, uh, and it doesn't take a mathematician here to realize that Stuart Skinner was perfect in this one, getting the shutout and his twelfth win of the season. Shout out to the Skin Daddy. And if you didn't see the post on the internet after this one, it was uh, it was very funny. It was the Oilers announcing their. Um, like starting game roster and it was dry sidle and he was like in net skin daddy so <laughs> it's funny to see that uh that the oilers um understand the nicknames that the fans have given to some of the guys did you see leon's uh happy new year post i didn't know so leon posted a like uh he did his like 
his like little sort of year roundup, like happy 2023 or happy new year sort of thing. And he, once again, for the second year in a row, the last image is the one that was taken on like the game tape with him, with his nose pushed up, like with his <laughs> visor. Yeah. <laughs> Very funny stuff by Leon. He's got a, who says Germans aren't funny? Dude, Leon, I, I said, I said this like, two seasons ago on this show, I think he's going to make an incredible broadcaster. Like when oh, yeah, he's eventually yeah. on a panel, he's going to be so funny. So <sighs> I look for, I look forward to seeing him. I just, I hope he continues with hockey media after, like long after he retires. I um, hope he doesn't retire for a long time, but yeah, that's no, beside the point. Yeah. He's going to stay in Edmonton Oiler for the next 20 years. Um, Miles, you put a lot of effort into this next one. I feel like you should take it. Thank you. It's, for... it's a good one. It's a very Thanks. good one. Thank you, man. So we roll in. So the, the Oilers had a break. You know, we played a great team in the Rangers, come back from Christmas against not a very good team in the Sharks. So this one here on December 30th against the Los Angeles Kings is definitely one that is a measuring stick game. So maybe the Sharks aren't the class of the Pacific, but the Los Angeles Kings sit 28 and four at the time of this game heading into this one. Uh, and they sit third in the Pacific Division. So they're a good hockey team. And the Oilers get to face their old pal Cam Talbot in this one, who's found his game in the best way since joining L.A. I mean, obviously, Cam Talbot, franchise leader in wins. Got a lot of good memories with that guy. Um, things didn't finish the way that we wanted it to. But um, if he wasn't in our division, I'd be really happy that he's resurged the way that he has. So all that being said, uh, Cam Talbot's really good, and the Oilers get to play uh, a good team and a, and a very good goalie here at the Crypto Arena. Share a birthday do, with him. Do you? I do. July 5th. And July 5th. You, do you know who else I share a birthday with? And like to the year, too? Shohei Otani. Oh, really? Literally two two gods born on the exact same day. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll trade you. I got Zach Wilson and Tom yeah. Brady. <laughs> oh, that's so sick. Yeah. <laughs> so couple a uh, couple good quarterbacks and, a, about, and one... as, about as good as it can go and about as bad <laughs> as it can go. Oh fuck. Shout out to Zach shout out to Zach Wilson. Uh so the Oilers are gonna do Oilers shit and they get outshot eleven to two in the first period. Kempe and Fiala score in the period as well. So the Oilers are down two nothing. And you can't tell me you feel terrific about their chances after that effort. Will they implode or will they claw back? Time will tell. It's worth mentioning that this is Connor McDavid's 600th NHL game. Many of us remember game one where the phenom took the ice and looked wise beyond his years. Our little guy, little, has grown up since then. And oh, wow, he just tightrope walked down the goal line and lobbed one over Cam Talbot from the sluttiest angle imaginable. Now it's 2-1 Kings. This goal comes on the power play from Nuge and Boosh. And just like that, the Oilers are back in this one. About 10 minutes after that, Connor's longtime buddy and all-around asshole, but he's our asshole. Leon Dreisaitl scores to even things up, assist to McDavid, tie game going into the third. A really entertaining third period led to an even more entertaining overtime that saw no one score, so we settle for the shootout. Now, I know we don't love the shootout as fans. Um, that overtime was really exciting. Uh, the Oilers didn't get a lot of opportunities themselves, but there was a really nice sequence where I can't remember which one of our guys uh, dove back and stopped like a wraparound attempt, but it was massive, massive, massive with how this game finished up. So good overtime, fun to watch. 
Uh, Moore and Kempe would score for the Kings uh, on their first two shots, but McDavid would score on a beauty move and Nuge would score as well on an absolutely disgusting goal. He's always been a magician in the shootout, but he's got just a set of myths on him. Oh. That that move on Talbot was fantastic. He rocks. Grunderson would miss the net on LA's <laughs> next opportunity, giving Leon Dreisaitl a chance to ice this one in front of one of the lowest IQ fan bases in the NHL. But his shot was turned aside by Cam Talbot. Extra shooters needed. Anze Kopitar skates up to center ice and is stopped by Stuart Skinner, meaning that the Oilers send send out the next guy with a chance to win the game. So, Nolan, game's on the line. Who else would you send out there? Would you send out Mr. 20 Goals, Zachary Martin-Hyman, children's author? What about a sharpshooter like Evander Kane? Just kidding. He was hurt, so they called up Raphael Lavoie on an emergency basis in this one. Even though he's he's a pretty crafty young fellow, would you put him out? Maybe a speedy little guy like Ryan McLeod. Um, you could go to the back end with our aforementioned stud, uh, Evan Bouchard. So fucked. So fucked. No, 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 Nolan. If the game is on the line, there's a clear answer, and and really, it's a shame we didn't think of it sooner because number ten, Derek Ryan steps onto the <laughs> ice. He picks up the puck takes it down and snipes one past Cam Talbot to seal the deal and win the game. Mobbed by his teammates at center ice. It was good practice as he was obviously mobbed by Greenpeace in the parking lot after this game because his F-550 with the welding rig and Alberta plates has been idling all fucking day. It's 22 degrees in December and he wants that AC running so it's cold when he jumps in the truck. Oakley gas can sunglasses on 24-7. Even if it's pitch black, he's driving with his shades on, drinking a black coffee out of the largest Yeti thermos you can reasonably imagine. He drives separate from the rest of the team to the next game. Most people after a big win like that would want to sign autographs and kiss babies, but not Derek Ryan. He's always locked in, and this was just another day on the job site for him. A hardworking Carhartt King. You think there's a lot of pressure, Nolan, scoring a goal in a shootout? Nah, try having the whole crew staring at you while you pour concrete at a millionaire's house in Chester Mirror while the wife watches from the kitchen window. Now that's pressure. Freshly turned 37 years old. And he's out here playing like he's 25. Derek Ryan, give us a wave, you king. You lord. Oh, man. He fucking rocks so hard. I Like, Kyle, when Flames fan Kyle was on here, we talked about a genre of movies called Dudes Rock. Derek Ryan is the Dudes Rock of hockey players. Like, he, I don't think you can find one person that hates Derek Ryan. Like we take aside from uh, like uh, like Pride Night initiatives, yeah, no, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's fantastic. <laughs> he's a great guy, uh, and we love him even more here, helping helping the Oilers get a much needed three two win against the Pacific Giant. Uh, the Kings outshot the Oilers twenty twenty six. Both teams went one for four on the power play and went fifty fifty on draws. Technically, I mean, it was twenty eight twenty seven for the Kings, but that's pretty close. It's like forty nine point one percent. So we're just going to round up to fifty fifty. The Skin Man played fantastic, and he led the Oilers to their fourth straight win. What a game! What a game! What a, what a what a way to head into New Year's Eve, buzzing, just flying. And the best part was, is I, uh, like, I thought that. Uh... Like I, I thought that the, I, I didn't even realize that they had a game on New Year's Eve. And so I was very excited to see that there was, in fact, a game on New Year's Eve. And it was against the Anaheim Ducks. Oh, baby. Because <laughs> we were in for 
a New Year's nuking. Last game of 2023 is, uh, is on New Year's Eve, and it's a nice excuse to have a couple and watch the game. Oilers on a roll, easy opponent, let's get to work. White hot Ryan McLeod gets things started his seventh of the year, assisted by his good buddy Warren Fogle, and the Oilers are up 1-0 against the Ducks who are wearing their slutty purple jerseys. Max Jones, who I'm pretty sure last time played the Ducks, had like 27 scores to even thing up at one or even things up at one. Uh, but back from emergency or back from an emergency injury, teammate of the year and all around good guy, Evander Kane scores to regain the one goal lead. This being his 14th of the year on a rare unassisted bingo. The second period draws to a close and the Oilers are up 2-1 and being outshot 14 to 10. But it's kind of like, well, they're kind of playing on autopilot more than anything. The Oilers, however, got 18 shots on John Gibson in the second <laughs> of those 18 shots. They scored three goals. Leon got things going up, going 148 into the period from Nurse and Fogel from the absolute rock star of rock star zones. Uh, the like, like, I don't know how he does it. Had his ass on the goal line. Yeah, like ass on the goal line and was basically against the boards when he scored. Unbelievable stuff from our pal Leon. Then Fogel got one of his own. Connor Brown and Nurse assisted. Then Fogel said, hey, I'm actually not done scoring, guys, and got another one. His second of the frame, this time for McLeod and Dreisaitl. So when all is said and done after the second period, it's 5-1 Oilers. And they are just curb stomping this t- these guys. Rolling Cole. Yeah. Uh, third period, the Ducks would get one back forming f- from the Italian stallion Frank Vetrano. But... Children's author Zachary Martin Hyman gets his 21st of the season. Hot, hot, hot. Assists here to Boosh. So fucked. And McDavid, 6-2 Oilers. And why not? The last goal of 2023 for your Edmonton Oilers goes to none other than Mr. Alberta himself, Brett Kulak, notching his second of the year, assisted by Leon Dreisaitl, and who else but Warren Fogle. Put a bow on it, 7-2 Oilers. Shots finished 39-20 for Edmonton, who went 0-4 for in the power play, but went 4-4 for in the PK. Oilers won 55% of the draws, and for his five-point effort, yes, you heard that, five points, Warren Fogle would take home the game's first star. Dude, that second line of McLeod, Dreisaitl, and Fogle, is is sick is nasty yep it's uh it's it's giving new giamo dry cycle vibes from a couple of seasons ago dude i am i'm very conflicted on what i want this team to do because i think they're just are ever so close and just like little tinkering i would do and and i don't want to say little tinkering but man I've been I've been playing around looking at other guys around the league and I know that I'm kind of getting all over the place here with 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 what I want for this team. Well, hold on for 2 seconds. Okay, yes, you because go. I think these next couple of points are going to be a good okay. segue for you to uh to take things away and tell us a little bit more about kind of what kind of where you're at. Sounds so good. Uh-oh, it's time for an ad read. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. It's Wednesday night. There's only a couple games on, but you know, you can always throw a couple bucks on something. Maybe you're interested in the over-under of six goals in the Devils-Capitals game. The Devils with some shaky goaltending and the Capitals, well, they're the Capitals. Get over six goals at minus 125 or under six goals at plus 105. 
the option is out there for you to choose. So download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks at the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Edmonton Oilers, 2024. Got a game tomorrow night against the Philadelphia Flyers. Who tonight, are... actually. Is it tonight? <laughs> it's tonight after we record. It's in an so, hour. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Whoopsie daisy. Whoopsie daisy. Well, any Hoosers. Dylan Holloway is expected to be back in the lineup for Saturday's game against the Sens per Daniel Nugent Bowman. In that same report, Daniel Nugent Bowman is expecting Gagne to be back at the same time as well. So, um, Gagne is not on IR. So there won't have to be a reassignment um, of personnel for him to join the lineup again. But Dylan Holloway coming off IR is likely going to lead to a player being sent down, expected to be Adam Ernie. Um, Moving on to that or off of that, I'm going to skip one point here. Pierre Lebrun was doing a interview uh, with his podcast and they were just kind of talking about players in the league and how they think things are going to go. And he's quoted as saying, if we're imagining a world where Pittsburgh is both trading Getzel and retaining salary, no buyer makes more sense than the Edmonton Oilers. This would be an elite-level upgrade to a team already spilling over with elite forwards, and it would give the Oilers a natural shoot-first winger who could play alongside Leon Dreisaitl. It's an intriguing thought. This is uh, clearly another all-in year for the Oilers, who have found traction after their early season struggles, but will need a shot in the arm in the second half. So, we got... Holloway coming back. We got Gagne coming back. And there's talk around the league of players moving potentially. I don't know what the validity of this is, but I feel like this is a nice opportunity for me to hand it back to you with what you were saying a couple of minutes ago. So um, t- tell me what you're thinking. Tell me, tell me, tell me how you're feeling. Okay. So um, in a, like we've, we, we, we've talked about like in our fantasy land of what, what would really be sick for this hockey team. Um, Obviously, Jake Gensel on this team would be unreal. Um, that would be sick playing with Leon Dreisaitl. But there's a couple of problems with that. One of them being they might not need a winger. They might need someone just a little bit more versatile. Um, and also, the fact of the matter is, I personally still think the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to make the playoffs. Um, I just don't. I just don't see them moving on from Jake Gensel. Uh, but obviously, like I said, that would be sick if Jake Gensel was an Edmonton Oil. Like, there's no doubt about that. But Miles, I was looking around and I was thinking about the guys that you get for playoff runs and the guys that um, that maybe aren't necessarily like the flashiest names, but they provide a value on both ends of the ice and they're versatile. Like, you want somebody that can not only play in the top six, but maybe could slide into that third line center role and can play hard minutes and can take advantage of those of those of of those mismatches and effectively somebody that could play with a Vander Kane 
Because at this rate right now, Evander Kane, unfortunately, is not a top six winger on this team. He's just far too inconsistent. Now, he has been injured, so this could all work itself out. But the guy I've been looking at for this team, and it's been kind of floated out there a little bit on like Oilers Twitter, is on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Dog, I'm thinking Boone Jenner. Dog, dog I'm thinking Boone Jenner. <laughs> um. And the reason why is because Boone Jenner provides a lot of value on both ends of the ice. The guy is stingy defensively, and... The guy has scored like 20 goals, I think three straight seasons now. So it's not like he it's not like he can't play with the big dogs in this league. He's an he's the ultimate prick to play against. And that's the thing, is like you look at the teams that have went on to like make those big trade deadline acquisitions going into the Stanley Cup final. Like look at Tampa acquiring like Blake Coleman. Blake Coleman is fast and skilled, but he's also just an absolute menace to play against. You look at even someone like Josh Manson for Colorado, like not the most skilled player on the ice, but he's an absolute dog to play against. And a guy like this just provides like leadership and intangibles, but also has that skill. It's not like he's a bum. This isn't like some fourth line winger we're talking about. This is a very good hockey player. And he makes $3.75 million for this season and two more after. If you could get that guy at like $3 bucks, maybe even like two point seven five if they retain a million bucks on him, that's an insane player that, you, that can provide value up and down your lineup. I don't know. I just, he naturally plays center on the Columbus Blue Jackets right now, but you could slide him up and play and, and play on the wing. So I think that might be a, that is personally my target right now that I'd be looking at. That's a, that's not a like sexy pick by any means, but I like it. Like it's a good fit. You know what I mean? Like, like a sexy pick is like a, going off last year's example, like a Patrick Kane, right? That would have been really yeah. sexy, but I don't know if it would have been the right uh, the right fit. But a Boone Jenner might not be one that has you, you know, salivating as an analyst, but would have you really, really excited in the second round when him and Evander Kane are the most prickish line to play oh, against in the be, entire league, yeah. right? Yeah. You got, and then you got Leon and Connor just banging down the doors, uh, getting good opportunities, and then you got them coming out, giving you a punch and playing good defense. That would be that would be scary. That would be very very scary to see. And also, not that this matters, but he is a captain in the NHL. That that's yeah. kind of cool. Getting another well, captain, like another leader on this team. For sure. I guess my only question is, would Columbus want to do that given the amount of prospects they already have, right? Would they want to take on picks? Would they want to take on prospects? They're already kind of bursting at the seams, but I mean, in the NHL and as a rebuilding team, would you ever say no to a to a guy like uh, I don't know if you offered them a first and uh, Borgo or Broberg, right? I, I mean, I think that they'd be. I think if they're going to look at anything, they'd probably just want to take on more talent, like whether it's on defense, whether it's up front, like they're they probably would want just more bullets in the chamber um, because at the end of the day, all these guys are scratch tickets. They're, they are prospects. There's a reason why they're called prospects. Not all of them are going to hit and just adding more to their cupboard is probably what they'd want to do. And ultimately like the Oilers don't have the sexiest of prospects. That sounds kind of weird, but um, (laughs) they, they, but they, they, they don't have, they don't have, you know, the assets that a team like Columbus does, or even a team like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, who, who, like, uh, 
Minnesota would also have. Like these are these are guys that unfortunately all around the league are kind of looked at as like, eh, maybe they're like middle six, top six guys, and maybe there's a top four defenseman in there somewhere. Um, but I think that the fact of the matter is, is like they've been scouting Columbus a lot. And if there is a deal to be made, maybe there's something there with one of their defensemen or something, and there's a package deal to be, you know, to be had. But I think at the end of the day, like Yarmo Kekalainen is going to go into this is going to go into this trade deadline, whether he has a job or not. Columbus is horrible, and they are not making the playoffs this year. Um, and I just think that what they might be looking at is saying. Pascal Vincent, you don't want to play your young prospects. Well, too bad. We're going to take away a couple of your veterans and you're just going to be like, we're going to force your hand a little bit. So uh, I I really like the idea of getting of getting that player because I don't think it's going to cost you too much. And I think he's going to be able to provide a lot of value, not just in the top six, but in the bottom six as well. And I think that's going to be really important is taking advantage of those mi- or of those mismatches because right now as it stands, the third line of like, uh, it's what Kane and Yanmark is playing center on that mm-hmm. line. And uh, who the hell else is on that line again? Uh, Cause Gagne. Oh uh, no. Derek Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Derek Ryan's their center. Yanmark's oh, on the right, right wing and yeah. Kane's on the left wing. Yeah, and then the bottom is Ernie and uh, Ernie friggin' uh, uh, Hamblin and Connor Brown. So mm-hmm. even if you had Connor Brown on that wing, right? Like, a third line of Evander Kane and uh, Evander Kane, Boone Jenner, and Connor Brown would be pretty nasty. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to think about how that could go and, and where those guys could end up. Um, Nolan, another point here we want to mention: a quick little Condors update. Uh, now that he's been handed the starting job, that's a that's a for Jack Campbell, not for this guy because this guy, <laughs> Olivia Rodrigue, now sits with a five-two and three record a 2.25 goals against average and a second best 932 save percentage that's a checks notes eight points better than (laughs) dustin wolf we're not going to talk about games played but just on a straight numbers basis uh a lot lot to be excited about here with uh olivier rodrigue he's Um, been he's been playing lights out man miles i don't know if you knew that's actually an acronym uh, and I was going to read it out to you. Uh, future NHL superstar, multi-time Vezda winner, Dustin Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're we're going to talk Flames here in, in a minute. But um, yeah, Dustin Wolf, he's good. I'm not, I'm not talking oh, shit. Yeah. Dustin Wolf yeah. is good. Very good. Um, the, 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 the hype is real. Uh, so, Miles, one last thing we wanted to talk about here. Um, should we talk about how they're sitting in the standings here? Um, because the Oilers' points percentage in the back half of 2021... 31, 15, and 5 for a 657 points percentage, which gave them second in the Pacific. Uh, this was obviously the first year that, uh, or yeah, was that the 21, 22 season? Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, 21, 22. So that was obviously the year that Dave Tippett was fired and Jay Woodcroft was first brought in. And last season, even though they didn't fire a coach, um, they got off to a really stinky sort of first half to the season and really brought it together once they acquired Matias Eckholm and uh, went on for a 37 and 7 record for a 761 points percentage, which also was second in the Pacific. Um, Currently, the Oilers sit 12 points back of division-leading Canucks. The Oilers are now 8 points back of the 3rd place Kings, and they are now 3 points back of the Wild Card 2 Coyotes and 4 points back of the Wild Card 1 Preds. Um, now, I have not looked at the uh, standings in a while, but I believe the, um, the Preds have a bunch of games in hand. They have like 4 games in hand, don't they? 
four games uh, blow. Like the the Oilers are. Or yeah, sorry, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, uh, the Oilers are the have the like lowest amount of games played out of most of these teams. Yeah, um, the Kings as well have a lower amount of games played. Like the Oilers have 30, 34 games played. Kraken above them with thirty nine points are at thirty eight. Um, the Yotes are thirty five and the Preds are thirty seven. So again, we're uh, we're right there. Uh, the Canucks thirty six games played, the Knights thirty eight games played, and the Kings thirty three games played. So when you're looking at the teams directly above the Oilers, a uh, lot of games, a lot of hockey left for them. Yeah, exactly. Um, the only thing that's been unfortunately not in their favor is everybody they are currently chasing down is still just as hot. Uh, so Seattle, who's above them, has been 7-1-2 and in their last 10, and they've won five games straight. Um, that We don't like to see that. Seattle, stop winning hockey games. Uh, however, Oilers have four games on them, so there is, there is some room to make up. Uh, LA, uh, their last 10 has gone 4-4-2, four, four and two, so... Not ideal, but I mean, 500 hockey, they can they can continue to do that for a little bit. Uh, and the Vegas Golden Knights have went 4-6 and six in their last 10. Uh, now, it remains to be seen, but I think that the Vegas Golden Knights, we know who they are, and we know what type of what type of play that they are capable of. So I wouldn't look into that too much. I still think they are a surefire to make the playoffs. Everybody's been waiting for Vancouver to fall off, and uh, they're 7-1-2 and two in their last 10. God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, they they don't want to slow down. Um, I wish I had the figure in front of me, but I remember seeing or hearing or chatting about the fact that the Oilers' strength of schedule is pretty favorable yeah. for the back half of the season as well. Um, so as long as the Oilers continue to beat teams that they should beat uh, and follow the historical trend that they've had of being a very good second-half team, um, thing, things should work out well uh, and be very optimistic about this team making some noise. And and as we were mentioning a couple minutes ago, um, an addition or something away on this team as well uh, could could yield some pretty exciting returns if they're able to get one of those missing piece players. Could I throw a hypothetical at you? Just a, just a very quick one, then we can move on. I mean, I how got nothing would, but time. How would you feel? How would you feel about calling up Olivier Rodrigue just to see what he's got? I don't see why not. I mean, Calvin Pickard is going to be there no matter what. Um, and if you can get a hot goalie to go with, like Skin, Skin, Skinner's hot. Skinner's yeah. been playing really good, and I don't want to yeah. discredit. Like it's his crease, right? He's he's rose to the occasion of uh, playing solid goaltending that they've needed him to to give them a chance to win. We say league, we say league average goaltending is all we need to for this team to be good, and he's done exactly that. But I mean, hypothetically speaking. Doesn't hurt to have two goalies that can play good hockey, brother. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm looking at is like, because I I think ultimately you have to give him a look because you're going to have to make a decision on Jack Campbell or another goaltender because I'm sorry, I am not comfortable going into the playoffs with Stuart Skinner. And I mean, first and foremost, they have to make the playoffs. Um, But I would not be comfortable going into the playoffs with Stuart Skinner and Calvin Pickard. Um, And I'm just thinking... What if you're to call this guy up? What if in his first game he shows that he's got something and you play him another game and he continues to show that he has something and instead of having to use all of your assets on a goaltender at the deadline, then maybe you can turn that into something because this is a guy that makes like 800K and you can call him up and that might be your, that might be your, that might be your Cam Ward. Like it it could be your guy. So 
It's an interesting idea, but I think you have to find that spot in the schedule where it allows for it. And you also have to factor in too, is like, how are guy, how are like, how is someone like Calvin Pickard going to feel about that? Is he going to feel like, oh, well, you know, I thought that I was given a real fair shot here, but in all reality, you just wanted to, you know, give a spot to your young guy. But at the end of the day, like Olivier Rodrigue has, has shown that he deserves at least a look. That's all I'm saying. So I just think it would be irresponsible to not look at him and see how he looks in the NHL before making a bold, bold, bold goaltending move. From from what a lot of reports say, though, about Calvin Pickard, like he's a journeyman goalie. He's been up. He's been down. Yeah, he's been he all around. It. He's a professional. He's a yeah. good teammate. And at the start of the year, he was never thinking that he was going to be on the Oilers roster. And he was Olivier Rodrigue's, you know, um, uh, mentor right in yeah. a sense of being part of his goalie tandem so I don't think that he would be upset obviously you're not in that room you don't know how they feel but uh, for all intents and purposes it sounds like he's a great guy and that he'd be happy to see a young guy getting a shot so uh, obviously that's a decision that the Oilers are going to have to make but I wouldn't read too much into the tea leaves of, of pissing off Calvin Pickard if worst case scenario he comes back he's right back in the NHL and he's got his ball cap and hanging out with the boys. So I don't think uh I don't think you really have a huge uh loss in that sense if you were to to make a move there in terms of like a morale. I will say it would be very funny to see another Peter Shirelli draft pick saving Ken Holland's ass. <laughs> uh Father Pete, the gift that keeps on giving. Uh Nolan, speaking of a gift that keeps on giving uh yes. under NHL shit as we move on in the show here, Nathan McKinnon scored his 300th NHL goal on December 21st. Congrats, Nathan. 300 goals in the league. That's that's awesome, man. That's that's great. Drafted first overall in 2013, Natron has 302 goals, 812 points in 742 games. I wrote that stat, you know, uh, right around Christmas time when he, when he hit that figure. So again, 302 goals, 812 points in 742 games. Um hypothetically if there was a guy who was taken first overall say two years after that who had 315 goals nine eight hundred eight hundred ninety three points in 597 games you know that would be pretty cool too right i i would i would say that 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 might be be a, a like a little bit better than, mm-hmm. than that previous guy Mm-hmm. Emphasis on 90, 597 games for anybody at home who was wondering who that player might be. But um, speaking of players and points oh, God. on the other side of things. Oh, no. Uh, we've got good news. Jonathan Huberto of the Calgary Flames got a point on New Year's Eve. His first point in the month of December. He was pointless from November 30th to December 31st. Um his two most frequent line mates in that time combined for 17 points. He was zero, zero and zero, zero goals, zero assists, zero points with 19 shots on goal in 12 games played. Uh, and just so that the flames fans at home don't get too upset by us uh, bashing on him in a similar vein is Connor Brown going. Oh, one and one in nine games played over that same time period. So um, one of those guys makes 10 and a half million and the other one makes a little bit less than that. So <laughs> we're, uh, we're just here to report the facts, we're not here to piss anybody off, man. Is that, I, I trying not to like be too cheeky, but is that the worst contract in the NHL? 
Um, I mean, I was looking at cap friendly and that contract would be a $904,000 or $904,000 buyout hit for the next like 607 years. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure if you were like buy it out now, the cap hit for the next like three years would be like 7.8. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So interesting. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that's, uh, that's tough. It's tough. It's a tough beat. I Speaking it's of- going to be like a big toe injury where, <laughs> oh, I can't, can't play hockey anymore. <laughs> um, speaking of a tough beat, depending on how you want to look at this, the Outdoor Classic in Seattle, did you watch it? Uh, I did not. Unfortunately, I was nursing a brutal hangover. Valid dog. Oh, thank you. Um, I got a couple notes. I did watch it. Um, Nolan, the influencers were out in full force. I kind of love it. Uh, It's good for the NHL to try and get some content creators spreading the word of the game, but it was something about seeing Chase Damore from Too Hot to Handle and Jackson Olsen from the Savannah Bananas posting lip-syncing thirst traps on the ice. That made me feel kind of weird. Maybe I'm just an old man looking for something to complain about, but um, it was definitely something. And I'll leave you to fill in the gaps. Um, the Kraken came. <laughs> the, the Kraken came to this game in fisherman outfits, and Vegas came to this game dressed up like Elvis. Do you have any thoughts on the fits? Did you see the pics? Uh, I saw the Elvis ones. I just qu- I just quickly looked at the fisherman ones. Uh, you know what, man? I I I love both of these. I think they're they're very on brand for everything. I think uh, the the fisherman ones are. A lot, a lot better than I th- like. I thought that they could have easily leaned into like a stupid, like, uh, stupid like hippy dippy Starbucks sort of thing. And I'm really glad mm-hmm. they, they, they that they didn't. That they went for more of like the Pike Place thing. Um, yeah. I think what would would have been even better uh, is if they all just came like covered in in like chewed up bubble gum, like the freaking like bubble gum <laughs> wall that they have. Yeah, yeah that would be funny too. Yeah, that's that's uh, a good that's a good idea. Uh but no, I I thought that these were fun. I thought these were really fun. Uh not clearly not as good as the as the uh oil worker outfits, but uh you know, those those suffice. So will suffice. Yeah. Uh there's a really cute uh cute moment that I found there on on the IG. It was of uh Adam Larson and, and Devin Shore. They it. were in the pick together looking like buddies, kind of cute. They played together in Edmonton in, in uh 2020, 2021. Um so just nice to see that the boys are still there, the boys are buzzing together. Uh and Yamamoto was front and center. He's sporting a shitty little chin beard now, but uh got seven keep fucking goals on the season. <laughs> Where was that, tab. Kyler? Yeah, where was that? But you got to keep tabs on the boys that aren't on the team anymore. So just just fun to watch. Um, the event itself looked really good. The ballpark was was nice. Like they had that uh, T-Mobile park looking really, really good. Um, and the jerseys, uh, as much as I didn't like them when they got dropped, looked good on TV. And uh, the, the fits, like the goalie uniform or the goalie equipment looked really good as well. So that was fun to see. Uh, really funny moment pregame. Uh, they had the Mariners ballpark announcer hyping up the crowd and it was silent. He's like, let's go Kraken fans, <laughs> chant with me. And no one was saying anything like you were kind of waiting for it. You could not hear anything. No one was even engaging with them. So I like that. Um, as I wrote, it was silent, like an Easter vigil. Um, they also tried to drop a seventh man. Like, you know how the Seahawks have the 13th man. So they were trying to drop a seventh man banner um, and they had the crowd doing it. So they had this big, long banner and one half of the crowd dropped their 
portion of the banner like <laughs> so it was like half hanging down and then the other <laughs> side of the fans were rolling it down really slow like the way that they were supposed to so just a botch job of epic fucking proportions but gary's like can i ever fucking win come on guys <laughs> we ask one thing of you one thing um so as the game wrapped up, it was 3-0 final for the Kraken. Uh, Joey Decord got the first ever Winter Classic shutout. That's cool. Good for him. And the TNT panel also gave him the Coco Cup as the game's MVP trophy. I think that's clever. I think that's nice. That's a good uh, a good trophy to give out to, uh, you know, for an outdoor game. The Coco Cup. Oh. Cute. Oh, because okay. it's cold outside. Exactly. And you're going to have uh. a cup of hot cocoa after the game. So... I like that they're doing that sort of stuff. It, that uh, is cool. It reminds me of like the Nickelodeon MVP and the NFL and stuff. So nice has to Joey, see. Has Joey, has Joey Decord been sick this season? Joey Decord in the last month has been a revelation. I'm going to look at his stats right now. Let's yeah. hang tight. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear Lord. Uh, he is currently sporting a 9-5-0 record with a 2.35 GAA and a 9-19 save percentage. Holy smokes. He's been fantastic, man, and, and good for him because Seattle's obviously last year, I think they had the worst goaltending duo, like statistically, in the last, last 30 years. His last four games 977, 941, 964, 100. <laughs> yeah. That's he's balling sick. out. And, yeah, he's a pr- and he's a product of ASU hockey. <laughs> Oh really? I didn't yeah, know that. so very cool for for the kid to be be um, sporting it for the state of Arizona. Love to see that. Um, Nolan, yeah. um, Wayne Gretzky was was out. Uh, he was looking he was looking good in this. He's given some some feedback and he, he looked great. Uh, this leads me to my next point. <laughs> did you see Wayne Gretzky on Spit and Chicklets? I did not know. <laughs> it is worth a Google uh, because. Holy fuck! Did he ever look rough without the TNT makeup crew covering up his blemishes? So you're saying the you're saying Barstool did him dirty? Uh, I think so. It's I'm... it's worth checking out because he's got you know yeah you, you don't want to speculate but for a guy who likes the liquor it's a little obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh I just quickly saw a uh, I just quickly saw a. Uh a screenshot of it and his eyebrows look uh uncharacter oh jesus christ yeah he does look rough <laughs> oh my he's and like what's going on with like his chin for for the purpose of covering our own asses and how it's not nice to comment on people's Shout appearances out because you don't know what people are going through uh yeah. that's not what we're trying to do we're not we're just we're we're simply making an observation that is not nice i don't know how to segue this like how to cover our butts but it just check it out and tell me that we're wrong and if we find out that wayne's like sick or something i'm gonna feel like a fucking piece of garbage yeah well yeah but uh, no i I think it's okay i think we're fine don't worry greatest hockey player of all time yeah go speaking of the greats no one um mark andre Fleury is one win away from tying patrick waugh for second most wins all time that's crazy Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury's Fleury's career is baffling uh, how he was a stud and then put on the shelf and getting cups on the back burner, stabbed in the back, um, sent to purgatory in Chicago, 
going back to Minnesota, playing the way that he has, um, he he's a goat for real. He's he's definitely going to go down, in my opinion, one of the best goalies in NHL history. He's got a great story. He's been consistent his whole career and first overall won, pick. Yeah, first overall pick and one went away from. I mean, the butt goal in the World Juniors that everybody was you know blaming on him. I remember being in like grade one and um, hearing about it and it being such a big deal. So he's had tons of adversity throughout his life and shout out to Mark andre Fleury he's uh he's, he's a good good goalie good player and and good uh steward of the game do you know what's insane though and I just this just still baffles me is he's about to move into second to be tied with Patrick Waugh but in first place <laughs> Marty Berger by like 10,000 691 wins yeah and like that's 140 more wins that like You'd have to play. He'd have to win forty games for the next four se- for four seasons. Like that's crazy. Marty yeah, Brodeur was a friggin' mutant man. He he really was. Good. I don't want to sound like too much of a uh, too much of a prude, but definitely a product of the system that he oh, played on. hundred percent. Like, yeah. Yeah. It kind of got right place, right time. Uh, speaking of right place, right time, but the wrong way. Uh, Canada was bounced by Czechia from the World Junior Tournament today. They lost 3-2 in a rematch of last year's gold medal game. Czechia scored with like 11 seconds left in the third uh, to get the lead. Canada will not medal in this tournament. Um, I will say, too, that this tournament sucks without Russia. We said it last year. Say it again. I get it, but it does suck. And beating up on Latvia, Germany, Switzerland, and Norway isn't isn't fun. I'm not waking up at 5 a.m., to watch them smash a team that learned to skate like two years ago. It's just not happening. So world juniors hard to watch when it's a product that yeah you don't necessarily love. And when it's seven hours ahead, I will say, man, Germany's coming on strong and it's really great to see. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really excited for the future of German hockey. And it's, it's really awesome to see that guys like Leon and, uh, Tim Stutzla and, uh, um, oh my god. Uh Mort Cider. Yeah. Mort Cider like are are awesome. And it's uh I mean these guys are gonna be the future of this like these guys are gonna be the future of hockey in Germany and uh I think we're gonna see a, a lot of talent coming out. So that's that's really awesome. While we've been kinda waiting for like Slovakia to come back, um we have we have Germany on the rise, uh, and I think that we're just gonna continue to have more and more of these countries kind of pop up. I mean the like the U.S. is like if they actually go to the Olympics in 2026, I'm pretty scared. <laughs> oh yeah, T- Team USA is going to be incredible. That roster comparison side by side against Canada is anybody's game. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's it's really exciting. I just yeah, like you said, man, it just sucks without Russia, and it would be it would be awesome if this all this stuff was kind of worked out so that we could get actual best on best play but you know what can you do right exactly. um, it's a little, little bit out of our pay grade yeah uh but on a lighter note uh the PWHL had its inaugural game yesterday as New York beat Toronto for nothing in front of a sold out crowd at the old Maple Leaf Gardens uh defender Ella Shelton scored the history making inaugural goal for the league um and I don't know if you saw but there's some pretty nasty highlights from this game uh including an absolute snippety snipe from alex carpenter who sent Kristen campbell's glove hand to the shadow realm uh like 
this was uh, like it, it was very reminiscent of that goal that Jack Eichel scored off the rush not that long ago. Uh, man, really awesome to see like a like a successful first game in what hopes to be a long-standing league. Like really good stuff to see. Shout out, man. That's awesome. Shout out. Shout out. Um, now, Miles, I didn't mention to you uh, that I had like a rock star of the week, but it's kind of like a mini rock star of the week, and it's just because I was doing some I was doing some research. Okay, so last week. Uh, or week before, I can't quite remember. I was, uh, I was, re- I was thinking about uh, about the Pittsburgh Penguins and about like their future and how they've looked uh, since Kyle Dubas has taken over as general manager. So obviously, Kyle Dubas, a uh, very important part of what the Leafs have right now and their prospects and yada yada yada, all that good stuff. So I was interested to find out um, just how good the prospect pool in Pittsburgh looked post Kyle Dubas. So. I went to Elite Prospects and uh, I did some research because I wanted to see just sort of the guys that they have in their system and how many of them were actually drafted by Kyle Dubas. So uh, they, you can actually kind of sort everything by how many points they've scored in their certain league that they're in right now. Uh, so obviously leading the way is their first round pick, Braden Yeager, who's a Kyle Dubas draft pick. Uh, in second place is Zom Plant, uh, a center who plays in Fargo. He's He was a pick of the previous regime. And then third place is actually Cooper Foster, who is a sixth round pick of the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, in 2023 by Kyle Dubas. But then you kind of look down a little bit. And uh, I found this player that I was like, holy smokes, those are really good stats. Um, and this player is a winger out of the KHL named Mikhail Ilian. Mikhail Ilian is uh, a six foot tall, 180 pound uh, winger who scores. And right now, as it stands, uh, has 22 points, well, seven goals, 22 points in 42 KHL games. Which, if you're not familiar with scoring in the KHL, those are like sick numbers for an 18 year old. Like this is a very young player, and he like that's a really, really, really good statistical profile for this player. Um, but Miles, my favorite thing about Mikhail Ilian is his number. Mikhail Ilian oh. wears 99. Oh, I thought it. Was. <laughs> I wasn't expecting 99. I was expecting a different number, but that is Rockstar. Um, and the, and the, and I was just, I immediately, I immediately was, was just sent into an absolute, uh, uh, into an absolute frenzy because I'm just immediately going, uh, hashtag not my goat, hashtag Wayne who, <laughs> like, um, so that's my mini Rockstar of the week is Mikhail Alien because, Everyone says in Canada it's heresy to wear 99. You can't wear 99 in the game of hockey. In Mikhail Ilian's case, he says, up yours. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> he says, I'm 18 playing in the KHL. I'm my own goat. Yeah. So shout out Mikhail Ilian. That rocks. Um, While we're doing Rockstar, can I give you just a super quick one? Yeah. Coming out of the Western Hockey League, the Prince Albert Raiders have signed a... Uh, prospect to a whl scholarship and development agreement really doesn't mean anything um the only reason that this stopped me and that i wanted to bring it up is because this kid's name is steel bass that's so cool that's such a good hockey name steel bass steel bass 2008 born goaltender i hope this guy gets picked by like 
like the Edmonton Oilers in the first round. He goes on to win like four Vesnas. Dude, I hope he goes to the Kraken. Steel, Steel bass oh, play for the Kraken. Gr- that would be awesome <laughs> with Jagger Furcus. Dude, it it, it it truly writes itself. That's so sick. Um, can can I give can I give one last thing before uh, uh before we go? And it's kind of like my anti rock star of the week. Oh hell yeah! Um, talk your shit. So uh, on the twenty third. Uh, we had a plan in place, which was because Taylor worked uh, Christmas Eve night, we were going to go over to her parents on the 23rd. And what she likes to do on Christmas Eve is watch her Christmas movies and stuff, right? Uh, so the week before, Taylor and I went to Walmart. And instead of like scouring through streaming services trying to find her movies, we went to Walmart. We just bought all of them on Blu-ray. And so the plan was, was on the 23rd, we were going to go to her parents' house and watch all these movies. So... Day comes, she says, hey, like, can you pack up your Xbox so we can go over to my parents' place? I said, yeah, sure. So pack up my Xbox, grab all the movies. We head on over there. We get all the stuff so that we can, uh, I, I, made, I made chicken wings that night. We were going to have some drinks, and it was going to be nice and relaxing, and Taylor did Christmas baking, and it was awesome. We get there. I plug in the Xbox. I go to pop in the movie. Press, I press power on the Xbox. Doesn't turn on. I'm like, oh, that's great try it again doesn't turn on so i'm like maybe there's something wrong with the with the with the power cable i wiggle it around a little bit nope doesn't turn on i am now starting to be a little bit frustrated because it's like one of the newer xboxes so it's like six hundred dollars um naturally as someone might be if their six hundred dollar console doesn't work so um i let it sit for like a half hour try to start it again doesn't turn on so naturally i'm angry and now my christmas is ruined um but basically I was frustrated to the point where I was like, okay, uh, my Xbox is out of warranty. Microsoft won't do anything for me. So I'm probably just going to just go buy a PS5 because I'm just sick of waiting. Uh, And instead, I think about it and I'm like, okay, well, why don't we just try and see what's wrong with it first and foremost? So I take it to a repair shop because this repair shop in Peterborough tells me it'll be $30 for a diagnosis and whatever repair needs to be done, we'll waive your $30 and we'll just include that in the purchase of the, or in, in the, in like the repair cost. So I send it off in, uh, day goes by the next day at nighttime, I get a call and it's from the repair shop and he says, hi, Nolan. Uh, uh, so I just, uh, I just finished going through your Xbox. Uh, and he says, uh, uh, how how often do you play it? And I said, I, I don't know, probably like once every few weeks or something like that. And he says, okay, um, well, I, I recommend turning it on maybe a little bit more um, because, uh, well, you see, I, I've, and I found, I found a, a bit of an issue and he sends me a picture. Miles, I've had spiders nesting in my Xbox. Oof. And it, uh, their webs and all that shit, uh, has, uh, short circuited my motherboard in the Xbox mother trucker, dude. So, uh, he's like, I can't find the spider, but, uh, I can clean up all these webs and, uh, I can get this taken care of for you. He's like, but I I might just recommend running it a little bit more often because when it says, when it stays dormant, they're not going to, or they're, they're. They're going to go inside it, right? So uh, it, it just might be recommended that you might actually use this a little bit more often. So uh, spiders in my Xbox are my anti-rock star of the week uh, because that was a $300 repair I did not want to pay for, but it's I guess it's much better than spending $700 on a PlayStation 5. So uh, and shout out to spiders. You know what, Nolan? I think you just gave us our episode title. Shout out to spiders? Spiders in my Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> yes! 
Oh, it, uh, well worth the 300 bucks, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And well worth the story. And if you'd like, I can send you the picture. And you can um, look at it. No, I'm not that scared of spiders, so I, okay. I think I can handle it. Perfect. It's it's very funny. I'm excited to see it. Um, But what I am more excited to see, Nolan, is this game against the Flyers tonight. In 14 minutes. The, <laughs> in 14 minutes. Shout out to the boys. Uh, and then the game January 6th against the Ottawa Senators. And then January 9th against the Chicago Blackhawks. Connor versus Connor. Three big games coming up. Oilers are hot. Oilers are rolling. I think we, safe to say, have foregone the projections, right? Uh, yes, we're... It's yeah. bad luck. We don't yeah. do that. So yeah, we're not doing that stuff anymore. I, guess I don't like that we're, kind of stuff. I guess we're done. I guess we're ready to roll out here and, and watch the game. Um, But I... I guess that's it. Question mark. <laughs> I think so, man. Um, this is uh, yeah. It's 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 Philly, Ottawa, Chicago, three teams that did not make the playoffs last year, <laughs> and two of them are not in a playoff position, and one of them probably shouldn't make the playoffs this year. Uh, so, do with that what you will. Make or break portion of the season. Uh, can I get a time check? Where are we at? Uh, we are at, uh, an hour 17. So this was actually a shorter one than usual, a short episode, a good episode for you to get back into the swing of things as whether you're at work, taking a little bit more time off or just catching up on some hockey podcasting. Gave you a lot today for this episode Threw a lot of game recaps at you. A lot of Oilers hypotheticals and some good old NHL talk in this season four episode 11 of one for one thank you for joining along with us uh big game tonight against the flyers but most importantly go oilers go go oilers go